It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. This is the Locked On Auburn podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by our friends at Fetch Me Delivery. You got to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants. They have coffee. They will get you groceries. You can get dry cleaning. And Fetch Me has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission is to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, that you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. I am Zach Blackerby, joined by my good friend Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7 and Painter Sharpless will be joining us in a few minutes. Hello, Michael. Hello, Zach. How are you today? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm really glad it's Friday. So, I mean, it feels like it's been forever since Auburn's played. I got a few messages uh, yesterday, mainly uh, from, from Tony on Facebook and he mentioned, man, just listen to, to our conversation that we had yesterday with John Neighbors of Locked on Arkansas. He's like, gosh, I, I kind of feel bad for Arkansas fans. And I'm like, <laughs> you and I were kind of looking at each other while John was talking about kind of the state of the fan base at Arkansas. And it's like, man, I feel kind of bad right now. Like, this is, this is really sad. I mean, we were kind of being like, well, they kind of do this well. Well, they kind of do this well. And he's like, no, they don't. Nope. Nope. So, I mean, that was just kind of a, that's not how I expected that conversation yesterday to go. Yeah, me too. Not at all. Uh, I was not. I was expecting him to say, you know, I, I guess try to talk up the team that he covers, try to tell you, try to tell us, really. I mean, yeah, they've got a fighting shot or an outside chance, or they could, you know, give Auburn fits if this happens. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. It was just, it was altogether surprising. And, and you and I, I mean, like you said, we tried to tried to say some positive things that we saw just from, from doing some research, it. and he was like, "I guess, but they stink." <laughs> yeah, we're like moral victories. Like you're losing these close games, and he's like, "No, there's no moral victories. You can't count any of those things." It's just like, all right. So that's kind of that's kind of what it is that Arkansas fans are dealing with. So that's I don't know. I, I guess I I guess it's okay to feel bad for him, but. All right, whatever. So we have uh, we have a voicemail set up now for the podcast, the Locked on Auburn podcast. You can reach us at 205-502-4285. We had 
a voicemail that stood out to me yesterday. You want to listen to it? Yes, voicemail. Hey, guys. Absolutely love the show. Uh, big War Eagle to you guys, first off. But listen, you guys are going to talk a lot about the upcoming Arkansas game, the LSU game coming up after that. Uh, what I, I kind of want to play the what-if game just because I know you guys are going to cover the high points. What do you think Bo Nix's future looks like, not this year, but moving forward, and how long do you think he'll stay? Also, follow-up question, if you could change one position of any player on the team from offense to defense, who would be the player and why? Appreciate it, guys. War Eagle, have a good one. So, Bo Nix's future, we'll address that question first. I think if Auburn had it their way, I think the best-case scenario is he's a three-years-and-done kind of guy because he'd be good enough to exceed and move on to the next level. I mean, I, I, I think that's a better situation than him staying four years at Auburn just because I think Auburn folks would rather have three really good years than four, okay, pretty solid years. You know what I mean? Do, do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I definitely okay. agree with you. Uh, and I, I think based on what we've seen from him thus far and how we expect him to grow in the offseason and grow within Malzahn's offense – I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see a guy who's at Auburn for three years, gets better every season, and then is you know a pretty pretty high NFL draft pick, even if it's not the first round, maybe the second round. But a guy who you know he's got all the tools to to get better and improve and end up playing in the NFL on Sundays. So hopefully we see that at Auburn, similar to uh, what we expected from Jarrett Stidham moving from year one to year two, right. And as far as uh, the caller's second question in regards to if you could see one player on Auburn switch to the other side of the football, this isn't an exciting answer just because of the position, but, I mean, Derek Brown playing guard would be awesome. Whoa, he said offense to defense. Did he say offense to defense? He said offense to defense. Anthony Schwartz, can you teach him how to play corner? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's it. Eli Stove at safety. What about Booby Whitlow at outside linebacker? No. Okay. You can shoot all mine down. What yeah. is it? What's yours? Ah. What about like Joey Gatewood at defensive end? Maybe. Oh. I'm not gonna shoot yours down. Okay. You got any more? Um what about like Harold Joyner at linebacker? I'm fine with that. I mean, the big question about Harold Joyner is his toughness. Does he like to be physical? So, like, that's the physically, I 100% get that. Yeah. I guess that does kind of throw a wrench into it. Uh, what about Spencer Nye at defensive tackle? I'm all for it. He could do anything. I think that's it. I think that's the winner right there. <laughs> yep. I'm cool with it. The Swiss Army Nye, the legacy continues. All right. We've got some, uh, some other questions. I've kind of stockpiled some questions because it's been a while since it's just been you and me talking because we went mm -hmm. over to the Fox Sports Studios to, to chat with Voice of the Auburn Tigers, uh, Andy Birch, and that was on Wednesday. If you didn't hear that conversation, I highly encourage you to go back to Wednesday's show and listen to that. Then yesterday we talked to John Neighbors of Locked On Arkansas, but Danny emailed the show. You can email us at LockedOnAuburn at gmail.com. Guys, love the show, and in your opinions, the LSU game seems to be the swing game on our season if we lose, are we probably out of the West race? I, I think so. I mean, I think Auburn's upside, if they are going to succeed this season in the postseason, I think they have to win at LSU. Yeah, technically, I guess you're not out of it, but you definitely need help. 
Yeah, I mean, mathematically, um, you have a chance, but I mean, Alabama's not going <clears> to <throat> drop two. Georgia's not going to well, drop Well, Alabama two. could lose to LSU and Auburn, and those would be your two, and that would That's be good fair. enough. The issue would be that LSU would have to drop two. And for Alabama, right. Alabama and LSU, it certainly doesn't look like we'll both drop two. Right, because LSU, you know, if LSU beats Alabama, then Alabama can't beat LSU, and the, it looks like the only other team in the West capable of beating those two teams Maybe Auburn or each other. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You're holding your phone right now? Are we streaming somewhere? Yeah. Live on uh, Twitter, Periscope. Really? Yeah. I wonder how it sounds. I also wonder how it sounds. I'm looking forward to going back. I retweeted it. If you're in the stream, shoot me a little message. Let me know how it sounds. Okay. Got some likes. We've gotten up to like eight people watching. It's pretty exciting for wow. me. Wow. Wow. All right. Got another. Uh, got another email. This one is from Jackson. Hey, guys, just a light question. What is the greatest Auburn football player nickname ever? Awesome podcast. The Swiss Army Knife. I think I might go with Downhill. I think Downhill has kind of created a movement. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. What was uh, what was the Kobe McLean's? The real one or ours? No, the real one. Jackrabbit. Okay. Because ours is now gone, right? R.I.P. Chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so downhill and jackrabbit. I don't think Worm gets enough credit, and like yeah. I love Sean Shivers, but I feel like we should talk about Worm more. You know what I mean? For sure. Painter Sharpless entering the studio uh, this morning, and Painter, we got an, uh, a, a question from email form from Jackson. He emailed lockedonauburnedgemail.com asking what the greatest Auburn football nickname in history is. I went with the Swiss Army Nye. Michael said downhill Brit. Your thoughts? I love that he emailed us. That makes me happy more than anything. I've got like 15 emails. Like I don't think we're going to have enough time to get all the questions. I, I, I think it's pretty cool that Locked On Auburn at Gmail has become a thing that people reach out to. Keep them coming. Yes. And also, are we talking current roster or all time? He, I think he said history in the, in the email. I think taillights is up there. Yeah. I'm really caught off guard. Let me think about it. Okay, we'll come back to it, Painter. We will come back I'm to sorry. it. Sorry. How you doing on this Friday, by the way? I'm well. Going to Prattville later for Auburn High Football. Beautiful. Hey, well, it's, it's not beautiful, but the weather's nice. I'm digging the it, it weather. It feels nice. Yes. It doesn't look nice. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Carlos asks, I am hoping to see Gatewood moving forward due to the lack of improvement from Bo Nix. However, from what I can tell, Gatewood... Hasn't gotten much playing time. Just would love to see if he could, if he could uh, give the team a spark. Because I think I think that's what I meant to say. Meaning Gatewood. I know it's a bit late now, but would love to have seen him more throughout the game at Florida. With that being said, do you think we could see him play this Saturday? I think there's definitely a chance. Um, I, I think even if he doesn't play with the starters, I think there's a chance that he plays because I expect some backups to get some time in the second half of this game because I think Auburn's going to take care of business against Arkansas. Uh, in regards to him playing more against Florida, I think a lot of fans feel that way. Um, maybe not in a 
in a big role, but I mean, there were several third and shorts that Auburn was not able to convert on. And you, you got to think with a guy as big as Joey, all he has to do is fall forward and stick his arms out a little bit. And, you know, he gets he gets enough for those first downs. What are y'all's thoughts on the usage of Gatewood? And, and more specifically, the comment about um, lack of improvement from Bo Nix. That was the part I was going to start with. Sure. I, I want to push back a little there. I, the Florida game was bad. There's no way of getting around that. So I'm not going to sit here and try to act as if Bo Nix was fine. He was like he was a, a big part of the problem. He wasn't the only problem. The offensive line wasn't great. The play calling wasn't either, and there was some lack of execution in other places. But he, I think it was pretty safe to say, had his least impressive performance of the season in a moment that mattered very much. Uh, I think, though, with Gatewood, they did miss a few opportunities in some third and shorts more than anything, I think, because Auburn's offense and because Bo Nix struggled in that Florida game. They didn't run a ton of plays. I think that they missed their opportunity in part on some third downs, but I also think that they would have ideally liked to have put Gatewood in more. They just didn't have the opportunities they wanted. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Painter, uh, before you came in, we played a voicemail from a caller, and he asked two questions, but the second one, I'm going to throw another question at you. If you could see one Auburn player switch from offense to defense, who would it be? We went with uh, Spencer Nye to defensive tackle. I also liked trying to teach Anthony Schwartz how to play cornerback. Michael didn't like that one. I think that would make a lot of sense, Michael, because of the technique that you need and, and some track, some elements of that, and then like the sheer speed. He's not a huge guy, so like I could see that, but a lot of corners, a lot of, a lot of defensive backs are not big guys. I mean, he'll be able to get beat off the line and just catch up with guys because of his speed, so I that's could, valuable. I, I could see that, certainly. Maybe safety. I think Eli Stove's the better safety. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Schwartz could literally cover sideline to sideline on every play. I don't think it's outrageous either to think about what if Tega had stuck with defensive line. Like, he's so oh, athletic. That's a, that's a great one. So, it's not that one to me seems plausible. Mm-hmm. He's such a big dude. He's clearly athletic. I think offensive line is going to work out great for his bank account. And, and, and especially, it's like, you know, let's, let's say he stays on the defensive side of the football. I thought about this the other day, Peter. I'm glad you bring this up, but I don't think he's playing right now if he's still a defensive tackle. I think he's still buried by the depth chart. He might be, um, you know, but I also think about the beginning of his career at offensive line against Clemson. And granted, it was against a, a defensive line that went Hit on the ground to running. Yeah, but he, so some of those folks, some of those players on that Clemson defensive line were already respected, but it wasn't quite. They didn't qu- have quite the attention yet. But Prince Sega got worked pretty hard, and he's turned out to be a, a a good offensive lineman, and I think a guy that will play in the NFL. So that's why I think we'll give him some time at defensive line, and he might in fact, have turned out to have been pretty good. I see your point. Like, there's a bunch of dudes that are also definitely going to be in the NFL on the defensive line. So the thought process that he might not have had the same amount of playing time is not unwarranted. Can I circle back to the Joey Gatewood question? Yeah, we can, do whatever, we can do whatever you want. It's Friday, baby. Um, it's Michael Pappas's world. We're just here. Yeah. Well, you both answered, and then you switched questions. So I just... I'm so sorry, man. We... Uh, <laughs> I think you should expect to see Joey Gatewood in packages, but... 
as far as like Bo Nix getting pulled and Joey Gatewood going in, it's just definitely not going to happen. Yeah, I think they really they missed some opportunities in some certain situations to to try to spark something with Gatewood. But I think also they would have played Gatewood had they had more offensive opportunities, had they been on the field more. That's and that's partially. I mean, it's partially on Bo Nix because they didn't they didn't sustain drives. Michael, we should tell the story about the time that somebody called into after the game on ESPN 106.7 saying that Bo Nix should have been pulled for two series, and you said that that was ridiculous. <laughs> and then they came and showed up at Sky Bar where y'all were doing the show to to yell at you about it. Yes, he did. That did happen. Um, the main thing there is there's cover, and so I'm impressed that he, he got paid to money the front to go door. Do- and then was like, you know, because like if you've ever been in the heat of the moment and you go, I, you know, you, you give yourself 10 or 15 minutes and it's like you're still angry, but you're not breathing so heavy. And you're like, wait a minute. This is just and then fill in the blank. In this case, this is just a football opinion. But then you, you went through and you got cover. You had your time to cool off and you didn't cool off. Yeah, it was right after a game. And then. <laughs> a frustrating like, loss for Auburn fans. I'm sure there was a crazy amount of like parking issues downtown. So he had to park far away, walk, walk, pay cover, find you guys. And then like, he couldn't even, like, he still couldn't even wait till a commercial. He just started yeah. yelling at you guys while you were talking on the radio. To That's be fair, to be fair, finding you would be the least difficult thing in all you're, of that. You're right. <laughs> Cause it's really like you're right there up front at Skybar and it's a great spot and all, but like all the other things, it took a lot of time and effort, even a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, it's 20 or 30 minutes minimum, and he had to like pay like five or 10 bucks to get in there. So uh, that's. Is Michael streaming this right now? Yeah, he's streaming it through Periscope on Locked On Auburn's Twitter page. I didn't know that we were doing that. Yeah. Would, wow. you, would you have dressed nicer? Because I certainly would have if I had known. I think I'm in an okay place. I'm wearing my Auburn High game day gear. But I'm doing an Auburn show at an Ohio State pullover, so I feel like it just destroys my cred. Well, if you're a listener, a uh, regular listener of the show, then you know you just took a trip to one of the cooler venues in college football. So you always I, got my back. I appreciate it. You had like, to get some swag. Yeah. I appreciate that. We right. deviated. We got another. Uh, we got another question. Hey guys! Exclamation mark! Hey. Big fan. Is it more likely that Auburn scores over fifty points against Arkansas, or that Auburn does not cover the spread? Thanks. So the spread is sixteen and a half. What do you think is more likely, Michael? You're the big betting guy. I know you look at lines a whole lot. What, what do you think on that one? Auburn is five and one on the season. Five and one against the spread. Arkansas sucks. Uh, I'm going to take Auburn in this game minus the points. Uh, I don't know what the over-under is. Did you say that? I didn't. Um, I'll find it, though. If one of you guys could look up the over-under, I would be more inclined to take the under. I've got a 55-and-a-half as the over-under yeah. and an 18.5 spread as it currently sits. I would be more inclined. Oh, it's moved, it's moved to 18.5 with where you're looking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be more inclined to take the under. I think it's more likely that this game is something like, I was going to say 32-13, which uh, is exactly 55. So we'll say 32-10. to 10. And I've okay. seen 19.5, and I'm seeing it again here. So, Ooh. Painter so looking at multiple lines like a professional better over there. I still think Auburn covers, by the way. I do too. I, th- I think that it's it may not be like 56-3 to three, the way we've seen Gus do it in the past. I think it won't be, in fact, because Chad Morris – may really be in trouble. And and they're friends, and I don't think he's going to try to embarrass them. I think that they'll run the ball a lot, which will help with possession and the clock moving. So 
this is a bad Arkansas team. Even though, even if it's they're at terrible, ni- if yeah. it's at nineteen and a half, moving up three points from the beginning of the week where it opened, I'm still taking Auburn. We spoke with the guy that does locked on Razorbacks, locked on Arkansas mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, and he. I mean, he, he really talked about how the fan base is just extremely upset with everything, extremely upset with Coach Morris, and I think a lot of folks are definitely calling for his job. I mean, it's been a few years since they've won an SEC game, and that's not They don't look like they've gotten want. better. Like, that's that's part of the issue, I think, for the fan base is you can suffer through a few bad seasons, especially, I think, depending on where the program is. Different programs have different expectations but it's, uh, I could I could see the fans at Arkansas being patient with last season, and then one more like five, maybe six win season, and then they want to see results, and they, that's not the direction they're moving. Right, and, and I, you know, props to them for not taking the moral victory road on this. I mean, losing to A and M by four, losing to Kentucky by four, they want to win. They yeah, want to win. Time to win some close games in year two. Yeah. Like you don't have to win them all, but those are winnable games, especially Kentucky. I think. A&M, it looked like there was a bit of a hangover for them after that Auburn loss, but still, Arkansas put themselves in a position to win. How many trick plays do we see Malzahn call tomorrow because he loves to bring out everything against Arkansas? I'm going to say two, but I think it's more likely you'd just see one. But I'm going to say two because he's feeling crazy. He's going to have a little fun. What do you think, Michael? It's probably a little aggressive of me. I'm going to go three. Wow. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go with one. I think one is likely. Who throws the trick pass? Who throws it? I don't know if that's what it'll be this Bo. year. Oh, like start a wildcat kind of yeah. thing and bring him over? Or or with Joey at quarterback. Yeah, okay. I, think, I think one seems to be the most likely. Like, they'll they'll either just have a really basic or they'll they'll try one, one time. Watch this be the game where he pulls that. You know, fans have been talking about, like, Joey's going to do the jump pass, the Tebow pass. Watch him use it against Arkansas. Well, he kind of did it earlier in the season. He threw a touchdown to Shanker. Was that against A and M? That wasn't a jump pass, though. Yeah, because he rolled out I to mean, the left. He like started running and then stopped and threw the ball. <laughs> but I think fans were referring to the, the Tebow. Like, he literally, like, like Tebow he literally want he has to leave the ground. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a jump pass. It's called a jump pass. And that's what Carry On did, right? Yeah, against Georgia that mm-hmm. year. I guess they'll be looking for it, huh? <laughs> like if there's a goal line situation, they'll be like, we'll give up a rushing touchdown, it's like, but gosh, not that. Yeah, what if South Carolina would have done that? Oh, my goodness. They would have won by more. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they would have won by more. Yeah, I think that game has totally changed the outlook that a lot of Auburn fans have on this season because I think Georgia is extremely beatable at Jordan-Hare now. There's that part of it, and it's also, I think, refreshing for Auburn fans to see another program lose to a team that they have no business losing to. They're like, all right, it's not just us anymore, because <laughs> Alabama doesn't do that, really. Like, when they lose, it's usually to teams that are just really, really stinking good. And I mean, they, it's been years since that has happened. Like, they lost to South Carolina back in 2010, and that was a game with, like... G- Garcia had the game of his yeah, life. Yeah, and it was like, okay, but it was in South Carolina, and like... Uh, but and like I, Spurrier was known to beat you. Well, Spurrier was there at the time, I believe. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, and so like he, you know, he always has a chance to kind of put together a cool game plan for you. And then, that was a, if I'm not mistaken, that was a good team, wasn't that a top 25 team at least? I believe they were ranked. Yeah, I think it was just you know, it, it's not the same thing as you're right. Like what we're comparing this current South Carolina, but still from team a talent to. standpoint, I mean Alabama was just so much better than that team. Yeah. So it was not Tennessee at Auburn last year or South Carolina at Georgia this year. Correct. 
That is true. More importantly, though. <laughs> yes? I-, I need some help. Oh. So if you've been following me on some of the other shows that we do here at the Auburn Network, uh-huh. you know that I cannot stop betting on Tennessee football games this season, even though I've only won once. Um, I may have won twice. I'm hot right now, though. It's the last game. One in a row, baby. Okay, so okay. what's what's the request here? Alabama is favored by 35. That's a lot of points. But Tennessee sucks. I'm taking Alabama on this one. Uh, I think I would too. Yeah. See, that was my gut. But then, in the last two years under Nick Saban, when they're 30-point favorites, they've only covered the spread two out of six times. They're two and four against the spread. And against SEC teams when they're favored by 30 points, they're 0-2. I think some of those stats don't matter, but still interesting. But Painter, I walked into Michael's office yesterday, and he had all these spreadsheets pulled up, and he was making like a program and like crunching numbers on like betting spreads. So, what is your what is the formula that you made yesterday? What is it? Uh, what does it say? Uh, the formula I made yesterday is for over unders. Oh, not for the spread. South Carolina was ranked 19th when they defeated number one Alabama 35-21. Okay. What does um? Well, what's the over under in that game? I don't know. Okay. Did we get a comment? Yeah, we did. I cannot uh, read it. Yeah. What's it mean? <laughs> it was not. Said something mean. about asking about Harold Joiner. Yeah. He told me to ask about Harold Joiner so Painter could light me up again. <laughs> so Is I, that really what I it guess said? I, yeah, something uh, to that effect. <laughs> uh, so I think Harold Joyner is going to run the football a lot tomorrow. Painter, your thoughts? Not between the tackles. <laughs> You're about to say something, bud. I no, no, you. no. That was basically that I was just going to joke on myself a little bit for, for, uh, for going crazy. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, bud? Eleven to one. Catch the lunch break. Auburn football, basketball, whatever you're into, and of course on Twitter at Paint Sharpless. I guess we should talk about tip off at Tumors for a second. Sweet. I mean, it was exciting. I don't really know what else there is to say other than, like, the culture has definitely shifted towards Auburn being a basketball school. I think it was a success. The turnout was great. It got people excited for yeah. for hoops, and Bruce Pearl is a marketing whiz. He's incredible. And has managed to put his – I mean, you just – there's – people care about basketball. I don't know what else to say at Auburn five years ago that seemed preposterous. Right. Michael, where can people find you and hear you? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. And while you're watching the game tomorrow or after the game – Call the Locked on Auburn podcast voicemail at 205-502-4285. Yeah, give us a call, and uh, we'll play some of those, and we kind of want to play those on Monday for us. Hear what your instant reactions are fresh off. You know, I don't want the emotions to die down. If you're excited, call in. If you're upset, call in. We want to hear all of that. You can follow me on Twitter at Locked on or follow me on Twitter at Z Black. We follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn, where we are streaming the show via Periscope. We'll be back on Monday. Enjoy your game day weekend, folks. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 
your team every day.